0: Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm your host,
1: Megan. And I am
0: your host, Joe.
1: And we're here today to talk about episode 602 of Outlander entitled Allegiance. This is the same director, Catherine Cheeseman, the cheese as, as the first one, as the first episode of season six. There's two writers here, Steve Kornacki and Allison Evans, who I thought were new writers. They are not new writers. They actually wrote um, an episode called Perpetual Adoration.
0: What season is that from? Do we know? Him?
1: Season five, I believe. Oh, okay. But honestly, like I thought the writing, I thought it was fine. As long as it's not Lucas Schnellhas, then we're fine. But I <laughs> did notice he is an executive producer. I noticed that in the credits. I saw that as well. Okay, well, let's get into it. So do you re- you should remember what the title shot is? No. It was Adso the cat.
0: Oh, the cat, that's and you right. you really that's like right. that cat. I, I do like that cat. Because
1: you are a cat person? I
0: mean, I'm not I'm not an animal person. I just I like animals. Cats are cute and it was snuggled up in the British officer's coat if I'm not mistaken, which then of course, you know, came back to haunt the British officer.
1: I don't think it was in his coat. Was it?
0: Sure was. Was it? Yeah. Oh.
1: So the first scene is Jamie and young Ian riding up to meet the Cherokee. Yeah. And I was trying to remember at one point, I mean, he brings young Ian, which was obviously a a good thing to do. But at one point, Ian says, I don't speak Cherokee. I speak what Mohawk. Mohawk. Right. Okay. So they arrive and they have the back and forth with the chief. How did you like this
0: scene? I thought it was really good. Um, again, Olander continues its tradition of having strong uh, supporting actors. I thought all the uh, indigenous peoples were really good. The chief looks like a stern dude mm-hmm. not to be messed mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, it, it, was a, it was a good scene. It, it, it uh, established itself quickly. You can tell just by the way that they were dressed, that they've, you know, unlike when we saw the uh, indigenous people in the idiot hut episode, um, mm-hmm. you know, there he's wearing like a, like a, you know, like a European style jacket. Good observation. Like a, yeah. Joe. So, so you can tell immediately that, that these folks have had dealings. Right.
1: Then we have Claire and she's in, I'm just going to call it like the tent village where Mr. Christie and his clan are living. And she's um, she's fixing Mr. Christie's hand or tidying up the work that she had started from the previous episode.
0: Yeah and she tries to convince him to fix his his. I don't even know what's wrong with that other it's hand. It's just
1: gnarled. I'm not yeah, sure Yeah I'm not either. sure what
0: the problem is there. Claire is very confident that she can fix it. She's quite confident but and
1: he I mean this scene was I, I really enjoyed this scene. Why? Because it's so Claire like well he's horrible like he's the most misogynistic repulsive man on earth and i just love claire's lack of fear like oh
0: yeah i love the the side eye that she gives this guy every single time
1: and he does some quote from the bible about cuz she's explaining to him like i can fix it and then he does a quote from the bible about something about women should yeah. shut up and read a book and then she says no no better to put a stopper on the entire conversation than win an argument fairly
0: yeah no and and little the little witch girl Thinks that's funny, Malva. Yeah,
1: Malva really likes Claire, and Big I'm starting ten. to really like Malva. To be honest, I like honest.
0: her too. I th- I like that actress. She is like a like a creepy. She's little a little creepy, girl, but, but I like her. Yeah.
1: Um. And then he just ends. Mister Tom Christie just ends the conversation saying, "I have to get back to my work." And you said, "Enjoy your work, you one handed fuck."
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's not a nice man.
1: He's really not. Jamie spends the night in the Cherokee village. Yeah. And two women come to visit him. What did you think of the scene?
0: I mean, you know, immediately we knew what was going on. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought, I thought it was funny, too. I thought uh, Jamie's reaction was funny. I thought young Ian, I thought the the young Ian part where he just sort of leaves them out to dry mm-hmm. was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I felt a little bad for Young Ian to be honest. Like, I know they just, you were
1: like, why doesn't he get anyone? Yeah, they just
0: ignored him completely. Like, you know, nothing. And even when it was like Jamie's not into it, they were just like, all right, peace out, and they left. <laughs> young Young Ian didn't seem to mind, but uh, I was like, why doesn't? I don't know. Like, if they're gonna, if they're going to do that, you know? Like, spread the.
1: I know. Spread the fun,
0: I guess. But, but
1: Sam Hewen was very funny in that scene.
0: I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Then we have Claire visiting Marsily. She's checking right. on her, who's she's so pregnant, and Malva joins her.
0: She is wearing like Marsily has like the most pregnant, pregnant suit of all time. Like, I know she you, looks.
1: You pointed out, you're like, did they put an extra big one on her yeah. t- so that we don't notice that Katrina Balfe is pregnant?
0: Right, because she looks like she is like carrying a thousand babies. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so Malva joins and she is less weird in this episode. Like I know we call her creepy, but she's not that creepy it's in her this eyes. episode. She
0: has like very emotive, well Her, her head and, is like, always
1: down with her eyes up. Yeah. And that might be from being physically and emotionally abused by the men in her life
0: nonstop. Maybe, but she also kind of has Claire's like bedammed attitude, as we see later on in this episode. Which yeah. is, you know, like she will push the envelope that one right she's trouble
1: so here's something interesting about this episode is i i think i don't understand what the show's doing but they're obviously jumping around because i had read every single scene in this episode i'd read the book i think i'm halfway through the book that this <laughs> season is on like oh, okay. i knew everything that was happening and i i was thinking right malva's a really big deal and i if i remember correctly and people people feel free to let me know if i'm wrong here but i think claire is really grateful for malva's assistance because in the book she tries to get brianna to help her and brianna is not interested at all in assisting in any way it's not her interest she's not good at it so when malva appears and is you know actually interested in helping claire interested in helping claire claire is very happy so i think that this is going to be a long-term thing
0: yeah maybe i don't know like she definitely has a vibe around her like, if you told me, I don't think it's going to go this way, but if you told me that, like, Malva was a time traveler, it wouldn't shock me. Like, there's something just about the way that that girl plays the character that it's... uh She's for sure the best new character on the show.
1: Oh. Do you know what I was thinking when I was looking at her? I'm like, that's how I pictured Claire. That, like, I could see if they cast her as Claire.
0: Oh, right. Because Claire's supposed to be wee and petite, mm-hmm. right? Or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Really little. Yeah.
1: But, of course, now that I've seen... Katrina Ball playing Claire it's like how could anyone else it's no other Claire. play that so and the reason why I think Malva is less weird in this scene is she just seems to legitimately want to learn and when Claire sees the bruise on Marsily's hand and wants to talk she and she can see that is getting frustrated with the kids and she sends Malva out she's like can you just go and watch the kids and Malva does like she's just very accommodating right um, and then Claire and Marsily have a Heart to heart.
0: Yeah. So we start talking about drunk ass Fergus.
1: Mm-hmm. But these two actresses are so good together. Like, yeah, I could have just great watch them talking. Although you were getting frustrated because you really like Lauren Lyle. Yeah. But you were finding it hard to understand the lines that she was saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. But that happened a couple times in this mm-hmm. episode where I was, yeah, I, I couldn't understand. You actually
1: she... are interested in what she's saying. Yeah. And you were like, what'd she say?
0: What was that? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know why I had trouble with her accent in this episode, but I did a little bit. Or at least in those first couple scenes. Yeah.
1: When um, there's a moment, and I... I think I rewound it so that you could watch it. But when they're talking about Lionel Brown and then Claire says, you know, oh, sorry, I I don't feel well. Like, I think I just got a headache. The look that Marceline gives her is so sweet. It's basically like you don't have a headache. You're upset by this conversation. But okay, we can go with your head hurts, which
0: is like an interesting mirror, right? Because Claire tries to do the same thing and, you know, kind of gives her like they have a very, um, you know, they've they definitely have a deep friendship and understanding friendship and they mm-hmm. know where to push and where not to push mm-hmm. and yeah i know that their relationship has obviously uh grown on mm-hmm. the show which is good but and i mean it makes sense because they're two of the strongest actors on the show so like let them play off each other yeah
1: interesting just to remind you though that's larry's
0: larry leary's larry? daughter right isn't that crazy which is also um i mean this i'm jumping ahead but i thought larry was dead no she's just dead to the show She's dead to the show. Oh, okay. She's not dead because remember
1: when Brianna I don't remember. time traveled, she stayed with Leary.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just it surprised me that she was still alive for some reason.
1: So Marley and Claire have that heart to heart, the conversation about um, Lionel Brown, and then when Claire goes home, and I watch when I watch this episode alone in the dark, when she gets back to her clinic and closes the door, and you hear. Him say, Dr. Rollins, like Lionel Brown. And he's like behind the door. Is yeah. Was that actually that actor? Did he come back for that it one It looked like it. I mean, I didn't scene? go back
0: and watch it, but it for sure looked like him. Yeah. That was creepy. That was a like a creep show moment that, uh, you know, just gives you a little glimpse into, you know, what Claire is living.
1: Yeah. And then she goes... Immediately
0: hits the ether. Hits the ether. Yeah. yeah.
1: She's disassociated from her body, like... The whole time that that was happening, like when she was tied to the tree and in the whole episode of the final, the final episode of season five, whenever all the atrocities are happening to her, she disassociates from her body and she goes into that 1970s house. Yeah. So it's interesting that now her only way to cope is by disassociating from her body.
0: like And, and her mind. And in her word. mind. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Like she is just... What's the word?
0: Like she is... Numbing numbing the pain? Numbing
1: the pain and just...
0: Yeah, just blocking the experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Roger... Then we have Roger and Brianna.
0: Okay, first of all, uh, one of our uh, loyal Lone Landers mm-hmm. uh, tells us that that is Roger's real beard. <laughs> I now, believe it. I believe it. I mean... It. Sorry, dude. That's all I got to say to Richard Rankin about that. But what I mean, I grow a pretty sad beard, but he's got a weird flipsy beard if that's his real beard. But they well, say it's real. Obviously,
1: he's styling it. OK. He comes home. Brianna's making matches and he says he's going to be a minister for a dead woman. Yeah. That's their conversation. I didn't mind the interaction actually between them. Normally they bug me together. It was fine.
0: I felt like um, this was maybe Sophie Skeleton's strongest episode.
1: I would agree with you. Yeah. There was not like one scene, I know, ever since she yeah. started Outlander. There was not one scene that made me pick my blanket up and put it over my head. <laughs>
0: that has happened. To
1: hide from the acting. So that's a good sign. Jamie comes home from his Cherokee visit. And as he walked in, you know, it shows him coming into the hallway. Yeah. And you said you really like that hallway shot where he looks into the clinic. Yeah, oh, I love that hallway, yeah. It's, a, it's they, a great one. They
0: used it last year, mm-hmm. last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great show. It's in the opening credits. I know, I was with Clara yeah, and that with gun. gun. I yeah. love that. I'm oh, so
1: excited to see that moment. He's all hot and bothered, as you say. Literally, yep. hot and
0: bothered, yeah. He's ready to go.
1: They have sex. Mrs. Bug hears. And there's
0: some, like, just... The dialogue. There's some, like, heavy dialogue there. They
1: deliver some tough lines i'd
0: love to know how many takes it took for them to get that out
1: there was that was i mean it's tough right yeah i think you know what i was i was thinking about it because obviously this ether addiction and the need to disassociate from her body does not occur in the books at all i think i told you that like the day that jamie finds her when her she's missing teeth by the way and she can't breathe out of her nose because her nose is broken and her face is so bruised he says like your poor face like you were so beautiful. Yeah. They have sex that night.
0: Yeah. So no, they're which they're is, willing and able to No, but it's seven. like
1: you can't portray that realistically in a television show. But so I think what they're doing is right. they're trying to show us that rape is bad, that people need to recover, but they can't they can't take away from Jamie and Claire always wanting to have sex with each other. I guess
0: that's true, yeah. This this would be their first is this no, they had sex in the pre- previous episode.
1: Yeah, they've had sex in both episodes. Right,
0: so yeah, they're still very. So they're trying
1: to show active. like, that's fine, but she's not fine. And
0: I want to ask like the Loinlanders out there, um, you know, that that comment and and send us letters and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which we love. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys like that? Like, is that Like, the
1: dialogue? Yeah,
0: like the, do You do. Did the people out there in Loin Town do they do they watch it and they're and do they find it as cringy as we do, or are they just there for? For the, the the steam. I I'm I'm genuinely curious. Like they gotta be playing to somebody, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm curious too. So they deliver the tough lines and then they quickly switch into conversation about the Cherokees and who's who their loyalty will lie with in the upcoming war. <laughs> like they literally go from I wanna put my cock in you to
0: It's an actual line, guys.
1: When you um when you were in the future, do you remember like what's your American history? Yeah. <laughs> That's how quickly they
0: slide from topic to topic. And Claire says uh, she didn't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is fair. Like, she can't know everything about everything.
1: And then Claire points out, because Jamie's kind of struggling with being the Indian agent, and Claire points out that the remaining brown, Lionel's brother, would have made a terrible Indian agent. And you said, he wouldn't have kicked those two
0: chicks out of bed, though. No, he would not have. But I also said that, he probably would have been so repulsive, repulsive and rude to, uh, to them that he would not have gotten that he, special He would treat. not have
1: received that gift. I no. think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. The major visits Jamie and he can't even get the conversation out because he's sneezing nonstop when they're right. trying to discuss the Cherokees and where he thinks their loyalty will lie. lie. And he says wretched creatures as he leaves the room.
0: He shares your dislike of cats. He
1: shares my dislike of cats, and I really liked that scene.
0: And it, it was good. And one thing we skipped over with when they were meeting the the uh, Cherokee mm-hmm. is that the Cherokee wanted Jamie to ask the government for guns, Mm -hmm. right? That's where, and that's big because then Ian starts interjecting because Because he wants to provide them. Yeah, he sees that Jamie's not asking the question. Yeah. And then he kind of oversteps his bounds a little bit.
1: He does, and Jamie calls him out. Right. But he's, Jamie has already planned to fight alongside the rebels because he knows that they're going to win the war. Right. And,
0: uh... He lets Ian in on that.
1: He lets Ian in on that because Ian is the one person that knows about the time travel. Right. And, uh... Jamie's like, I'm not going to provide them a bunch of guns to then fight against them. Yeah. And yeah. have them use the guns on me. Makes sense. Then we have the funeral scene where Roger is acting as a minister. This was in the book. It's so funny because when this scene started, I'm like, I think I remember this. I don't think she's dead. Were you surprised?
0: Um, That she wasn't dead? The whole scene was super weird. Like, these episodes are... Really long, like and a little disjointed. They're too long, Mm -hmm. and this is a scene that did not need to. Like maybe it's a fan favorite, you know, and they put it in there because it was like Dan gabaldon's favoriteest scene in the church of all. I don't know, but like it was completely out of left field, and I mean it was kind of I guess like a fun little scene, but it served no purpose to the story whatsoever uh, that I could see, and it was long too it was mm-hmm. also quite long and just weird like there were a lot of things that i didn't understand like um like there's a, a guy named a what was it like a sin eater mm-hmm. he came and he ate some like I the know. bread that's supposed paid to be sin for it. I don't yeah i was like i mean there's some lore there obviously i i never heard of that but obviously that's a thing they could have you know i mean if they're going to make the scene that long they could have held my hand a little bit on that one um yeah it was like i didn't mind it as a scene It just made no sense right out of the blue and also like led to nothing.
1: I think it's very representative of all of the different moments in her books because there is a lot of, there are a lot of moments that lead to nothing. But the idea is you're really immersed in these people's lives. So this episode is right out of the book. And I think people that enjoyed the book would really enjoy this episode because you just feel like... You're watching their lives.
0: Well, didn't you say that you read Diana Gabaldon?
1: This was her favorite yeah. episode out of all of season six. It
0: was just a straight pull. It's a
1: straight pull from her all book. Right. Did you notice that all of the women wear bonnets except Claire and Brianna?
0: I noticed that when you pointed it out, but not before.
1: Okay. Okay. I just, I thought that that was kind of like, I remember in the book, Claire was adamantly against wearing a bonnet, which is fair enough. Those things are not attractive.
0: But also uh, the little witch girl doesn't wear a bonnet.
1: She does. Does she? Yep. Not all the time, but she does sometimes.
0: I'll I'll take your word for it, but I don't remember seeing her wearing one.
1: I did think it was funny in this funeral scene when um, the woman who was dying was not behaving um, very appropriately and being kind of cruel to people around her and roger said do you know that you stand before god and she said as do you and he's like but i'm afraid you are closer
0: <laughs> and then he
1: looks uncomfortable well delivered richard rankin
0: yeah this has also been um R- richard rankin is now i mean i don't know if it's richard rankin or the writing i'm probably a little bit of both but he is coming over to like good guy roger mm-hmm. and not like dick roger for sure like he has been nothing but um you know if not charming at least decent and you know yeah not a good guy
1: yeah he's a good guy yeah yeah
0: and is that like a maybe that'll be an interesting trend to see if they like intentionally have roger do like a good guy thing like maybe that was the purpose of the scene was to give roger a good guy thing to do like to to try and dig him out of the dick hole uh, yeah. you know that he is so buried in right now Well and
1: he's also finding a little bit of purpose because he doesn't like he doesn't know what he's meant to do back right. in time but he grew up you know his adopted father was a reverend mm-hmm. and I think he he's like pretty proud of being the minister at the funeral
0: Yeah He seems um, into it
1: Yeah I think he is and then the next scene is the dinner scene and I loved this whole scene like it's all the Greatest characters, Claire, Jamie, Roger, Brianna, and then Marcely at the table. Yeah. Brianna and Roger say they have an announcement to make. Like it's, it's, it's. And then
0: Lizzie comes in and pulls a Roger and like exactly. blows
1: it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jamie stands up to do a toast and she's like, no, I'm not pregnant. And then it's such a bummer because they she's all like, get so excited. I created matches and she shows it. And <laughs> Marcely and Lizzie are like, well, I don't have a hard time lighting a fire. Maybe putting one out. Like the two of them are. Essentially, like making fun of her. They creep. could
0: not care less they could about her matches. Not, like, no one could. Care Jamie less. wasn't impressed. He
1: tried though. At the end, he picked it kind up and of. he was like, "Well, that is a wonder." But yeah. it's like <laughs> he, that guy's been making his own fire for. Yeah.
0: Even Claire wasn't that. She was like, "Good She's, job, well,
1: I'm, well done, darling." I Ether yesterday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I thought it was really cute because Roger was talking about how he's going to be a minister again for another event. Yeah, and he turns to Claire and says maybe the reverend's up there watching me and then he looks at her and he's like
0: proud oh uh Claire also reveals that uh after the the dead lady situation she has been branded a witch yeah. and is no longer allowed to come in the church and her amusement like yeah, she loves she them. kind of like shrugs and like looks at them like can you believe that
1: but Jamie's concerned yeah well, is he concerned or is he mad he just look- he doesn't look
0: like, he finds it at all funny. He's not amused at all. I mean, Claire is one of the least churchy people on the show, for sure. You know, so she couldn't care. Like, she wouldn't go to the church, probably, if she was invited. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it's not. It's no big deal to her. She doesn't care. But yeah, Jamie understands that that's a slight. And I mean, he also is probably being very protective because he just had to rescue his... Uh, wife from a band of asshole racist or rapists not uh, maybe they're racists Um uh, mm-hmm. as well um you know because, because they be- yeah, yeah because of what she yeah. did and stuff like that so like, she was
1: also in a witch trial in oh, right i forgot one. about <laughs> that she was also tried as a witch he <laughs> had to rescue her then <laughs> as right. well
0: so like there's some history here um but so yeah he's he's not here for that he's not claire here for that. claire don't care
1: Marcelly. Then my favorite dinner scene gets um, it comes to an end because Marcelly goes into labor.
0: Yeah, I'm scared. It's, Immediately says it doesn't feel the same.
1: Right. Roger fet- fetches Fergus. Fergus is drunk. You said this was a good Richard Rankin scene.
0: Yeah. No. I. I as uh, as someone who loves to bash Richard Rankin, he did really good. Like I thought. Again, this was another good guy Roger scene. He had a really Good, you know, stern, but positive monologue, you know, with, with drunk-ass Fergus. Drunk-ass Fergus, for what it's worth, uh, he did his job. You know, he was, a, like, a repugnant drunk that you dislike. Like, good on that actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? Cesar Caesar Domboy yeah, or nice like that. Job, Yeah, nice job. Something
1: like that, yeah. There you
0: go. Um, he did his job. Yeah, That's no, true. he did his job. Like, yeah. he, he, he pulls off drunk dick far more than he, far better than he pulls off, like, cheerful french dude
1: okay well Marcellie wants to write to her mother because she feels like she's gonna die and then fergus arrives and he will say he rubs the baby out
0: oh my god and you said this was (laughs) just before we get to what i said this is now the bar is high the bar is high for the dumbest scene in outlander that i've watched like I I can't even name off the top of my head, like my top five dumbest scenes, but there's been a lot as we know, anyone that listens to the show, this was the dumbest scene, the worst scene I've ever watched. It was, I I don't even know. I don't even have words. It was so completely awful. You
1: said, I'm sorry, is he going to suck on her nipples to help her deliver the baby? And then they start making out to get the baby out, like, or having sex. And you couldn't stop laughing. You were like, oh, that's realistic. You threw up in my hand when you were in labor, but these guys are going
0: to have sex. <laughs> that did happen. That's a true story. Um, yeah, it's it's as someone who has been there for the birth of two children, that it's, it is not, you know, what, it's a beautiful miracle. It's a beautiful it's miracle, guys. It's a beautiful guys. miracle. But like. And they're
1: just, they're just making love as the baby wow, is delivered. Like it
0: is. I literally couldn't stop laughing. It was just ludicrous, I think is maybe the word I would use. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what else to say about it.
1: So Jamie and Brianna leave because they don't want to listen to the sex. Who would? I didn't. Claire and Malva have a sex conversation. Claire right. Claire's not really bothered by it. And she knows she has to stay close so that when they, you know, when they finish, she can she can finish her job. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Young Ian and Brianna meet at the stables and she tells him about the United States of America and you didn't mind this scene.
0: No, this was, again, another um, solid Brianna scene. I thought her and young Yin had pretty good chemistry. I was like, well, maybe it's just that she sucks playing off of Richard Rankin. Uh, no, cause, cause she she's
1: bad with Katrina Balfe as well,
0: but she had a decent scene with, uh, wasn't it this episode that she had a decent scene with, uh, Sam human as well. Mm. I mean, better than, better than her average score. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was great. And there was one thing that happened in this scene that you was so more excited. awesome than anything yeah. else. What was that, Meg?
1: You screamed, Rolo! Rolo was
0: back. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. If we, if I got to see Lizzie every episode, surely to hell you can give me Rolo. And after that, Rolo was in every in scene. every scene. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Fergus sees the baby and says "il est nom," and then they hand the baby to Marcely and we learn that they have had
0: a, a little, little person. person. Yeah, which, I mean this was in the book you told me
1: it was so
0: i guess this is just a part of the book so Um, was
1: so was um fergus rubbing the baby out like sucking on her nipples (laughs) and rubbing her okay until the baby came out
0: i mean you know it's again like it's one of those things where i you said it was in the book and that's totally fine i don't know what role that character is going to play going forward but obviously representation matters a lot So uh, I think that's great.
1: Yeah, I agree. In the next scene, we have Brianna putting Jemmy to bed. And that's the only parenting moment that she has to experience in this entire episode, which I'm here to say feels a little unrealistic.
0: I often forget that Roger and Brianna are parents. Yeah. Like, I have seen Roger parent other people's children way more than his own child.
1: I know. He's had no scenes with that
0: child. Yeah. Well, and
1: even the dinner scene, it's like they're all sitting around for dinner where but they show Mr. Bug with Jemmy.
0: Actually, I'd forgotten about that cuz in the when we go back to the the undead lady in the church mm-hmm. and Jemmy's the first person to see her like coming back to, you know, like breathing. Is that
1: Jemmy though? I don't think oh, that is. I oh, think, I think I it's Jermaine.
0: Told, I don't know. Some kid. Oh, I thought that was Jemmy. Maybe not. I don't know, but I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, is this like is this like a supernatural ability like a, I see dead people kind of thing?" Oh. It was not. It was, just a, no. it was just a weird scene. So I thought it was... I actually had hopes that that was going to be interesting for a second. And then, shockingly, it was not.
1: No. So in this scene with Roger and Brianna, I have to say, this might be my favorite Roger and Brianna scene ever. Because really? that little boy Aiden comes to the door. He's lost. Roger says, well, I'll walk because he's scared because it's dark. And Roger said, well, I was just going to go for a walk. Great guy, Roger. I was just going to go for a walk. I'll walk you home. But then before he does... Because he knows that Brianna's feeling kind of down about no one being excited about her matches. Mm-hmm. He shows the little boy knowing that he's going to be impressed. And prepare yourself. The look on Sophie Skelton's face is very believable. Like, she oh, looks, yeah. like, really proud and also, like, appreciative that he's doing it. Yeah. And she just kind of turns and, like, smiles at the little boy. Because he's like, you did that? And she's like, mm-hmm. Like, it's really well done. Now, the... the-
0: Yeah, it was. But there's a perfect example, again, about how they have them parenting other people's children. I know. Like, that could have been Jemmy, right? Like, why? I mean, again, maybe it was in the book, but, like, that was interesting. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Why not? Show it to your own kid. Let them be impressed, you know? Like, mama, you made that? Or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, but, and I don't even know where their kid was with Mr. Bug, apparently. No, he,
1: she put him to sleep. He was sleeping in the same house.
0: Okay. Yeah. Speaking of Mr. Bug, have we talked about that other like? There's another random scene where Mr. Bug and the one of the little Hunter twins, Josiah, get on a cart and that's go somewhere. Oh, that that's the next scene. Is that the very this, next scene? That's okay. the very well, next scene.
1: What do you want to talk a segue. about it? Um, it
0: it was another one of those scenes that I don't understand why it was even in there. It made no sense whatsoever.
1: The only reason the only benefit to that scene is that Jamie saying goodbye to them and he turns and the Cherokee all arrive, but he could have just walked out of his house and seen them all arrive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And w-
1: Jamie handles it really, really well. Do you remember the first thing he says? No. He says, you're most welcome.
0: Well, smart. That's a smart, smart and, play.
1: And they thought so too. Cause they're like, obviously because you were welcome when you came to yeah, our, they
0: weren't, yeah. they weren't messing around though. They had a, they had a, uh, don't fuck with this look on their face for sure. They're like, did he ask for our guns? And Jamie said, "No, I did not."
1: Yeah, he doesn't lie. And
0: they were pissed about that. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, but, well, and they do the whole brown thing—the threat, like this is not the last time you'll see us—and they go away. And
1: and then he, Young Ian's like, "I'm gonna buy them guns," and Jamie says, "How? How are you gonna?" gonna, gonna yeah, and he's money. like, "I don't know." Yeah. yeah. Then Jamie and Brianna have a scene together where they're cleaning guns. And I, to me, it wasn't great. I didn't like that scene. I don't know why. Anyways, but Brianna tells him about the steeple. Right. And Jamie goes to find Tom Christie and he reminds him of his Freemason vow. I really like this scene between Jamie and Tom Christie.
0: Yeah, I think this was like, I, I think Jamie saw that as sort of like an opportunity for a power play. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I don't think he actually gives a shit about the steeple. In fact, in the end, he lets him keep it. But I think it was, he saw it as an opening to come in and, and like flex a little bit on Christie, which he did. Yeah. He's like, you, you know, this is, it's not going to be a church. It's going to be a place of worship or a meeting house, meeting house and a schoolhouse. And Uh, he says,
1: every man, woman, and child is going to be welcome here. And then he looks at him and he says, my wife too, Tom. Yeah. It's like a really well-delivered line.
0: Yeah, no, no. It, and it worked. Like, this was one of the first times that Tom didn't sass-talk him back. No. But he was mad because... He was mad
1: because then he goes in and he takes it out on Malva. He tries.
0: Or anyway. he tries,
1: yeah. And... Uh, he says to her, "You have the same dark soul as your mother." And I'm like, yeah. I feel like I maybe would have liked his. his yeah, I'm like, wife. where's where's his wife? Yeah, what She's happened? Dead, then? Remember? Well, remember,
0: like dysentery? Like, what did she die of? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he tries to beat her with his like gnarly hand, and, he and can't. it doesn't work. And then he tries to beat her with his cut up hand. He can't do it because it's all cut to shit. And then like. That, and this is what I mean about Malva having some Claire in there, because then she Malva just looks at him with this mocking, like. Can you look.
1: believe that? It's like yeah. that's bold.
0: Yeah, which is interesting because I thought, oh, well, and this is like an interesting thing about Tom Christie's characters. I'm like, oh, well, he's gonna backhand her or something like that. Because if he was gonna beat her with the belt, like why? Mm-hmm. Like obviously violence. I don't isn't think out he wants. I don't think
1: he can use his hands.
0: Maybe I don't know, but like I was surprised that he didn't do anything there but maybe that speaks to kind of his character I don't I don't really know isn't it he's a he's a he's a bit of a complex kind of character which is sort of interesting but yeah he was very frustrated like he he basically just wanted to take his Jamie embarrassment out on his daughter yeah um, you know or out on someone um, but he couldn't do it and then he storms away
1: and then he storms away ian holds on to the new baby i can't remember what the new baby's name is marsley's new baby she says yeah, I mean, i've named him can't remember and we learned that ian had a child when yeah. he was living in the cherokee village with his wife
0: and, and he because um fergus storms off and he assures uh marsley that uh fergus will be back because yeah. you know of the love of your child
1: yeah and jamie overhears and then Tom Christie finds Claire. She's sweeping and he tells Claire that God has told him that she can operate on his hand.
0: <laughs> Which Claire finds very, very amusing. Yeah. It's like she basically
1: I... mocks him. She's like, well, far be it for me to come between something that God has told you, like mocks him. Yeah.
0: He's like, I need my beaten hand back. So can you please. But fix he tells it her it's because he can't write. Right. Yeah. But
1: I feel like Claire knows him well enough to know that's not what it is.
0: Well, she sends him away because she sees the other hand's bleeding. So she knows something happened. Right. Right. Yeah. And I also find it weird. I found that scene weird that Dr. Claire uh, wouldn't, wouldn't say re- like, let me wouldn't fix redress that. that hand. That that was uh, I found that kind of odd. A little bit out of character.
1: Maybe she knew. Maybe she talked to Melvin between or something. Maybe.
0: I don't know. But I I thought that that kind of stuck out. That she didn't redress the hand. That she just turned him away.
1: Yeah. That's a really good point. Because she's always like, I have to help.
0: Yeah. She's doctor first.
1: Yeah. Then, and this is the point in the episode where you're like, this is still happening. <laughs> Jamie's writing a note to Major McDonald. hmm And to give to the general. Uh And saying that they should provide the Cherokee with guns. because. Yeah.
0: So Young Ian and the Cherokee changed his mind, basically, you know, let them, like Young Ian said, you know, at least let them try, try, yeah, right? like, try to
1: survive. And then he says, come what may, and he shows the hot wax and then the stamp. And it's so funny because when I watch I find it so satisfying watching yeah. the stamp going. And then you said the same thing. You were like, I love it.
0: I wish I had a wax seal. We needed like a waxed loinlander seal. We can yeah. just send parchment <laughs> to each other, folded <laughs> parchment.
1: Yeah. And then that's the episode.
0: Yeah, it was a long one.
1: It was a long one. So what would you give this out of a hundred?
0: I mean, it wasn't as I think it was a little more interesting actually than the first episode. Mm-hmm. But it was long and it was kind of a snoozer. Yeah. Again, like it's build up. I don't know where this season is going. Like I don't know if they're going to have the uh the the Revolutionary War in this season or not. You said there's only eight episodes, so there's yeah. only six left. Yeah. But if they're each an hour and fifteen minutes long, you can fit a lot of wars in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know where it's going. Like, like with the other episodes or the other seasons, or at least before they got to America, you know, there's been a pretty defined arc. Yeah. You know, you can you can kind of guess what the next step is, but every after every one of these episodes, I have no idea what's going to happen next episode. Mm-hmm. Like it just the series could end after almost any of these episodes and you wouldn't care because there is no storyline left. Like, the storyline is done. The story's done. Like, now you're literally just watching a family live its life. Like, there's no arc here. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like, what do I give it? It's it's almost like a non-grade. Like, there's, you know, they should almost... uh, take this show and turn it into like a procedural uh old-timey farm drama like Ooh, like csi north carolina sure. where each episode at least they have something to do that they start at the beginning and they wrap it up at the end like give yeah. them give them something you know like yeah. like obviously they're not going to do that but you know what yeah. i mean like at least give them something to do ever like yeah they they don't even have storylines really within the episodes and it's it's bizarre it's just like this weird it's like watching like you said it's like watching their lives so yeah so i I mean maybe people like that you know they want to just watch like some boring life with the odd awkward sex characters
1: they love the characters and they are invested in the characters and if they're book readers they know something's coming because they've read the books
0: yeah maybe i i guess yeah but it's just it's it's interesting in how uninteresting it is you know, there's, there's no, um, you know, and we had this issue last, uh, season, although it picked up towards the end, but there's like no obvious antagonist. There's no Jack Randall's or Stephen Bonnet's, you know, that are a thorn in their side all the time. And they're like actively going against them all the time. Like every once in a while, Brown will show up and he'll be a dick or Tom Christie. will say something like the worst thing we have now is like, Tom Christie's a little bit mean,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Like that's mm-hmm.
0: that's what we've com- we went from Blackjack Randall, who's like one of the you know nastiest villains on TV, to just like angry Tom's churchy Hour. Like it's not yeah. not even angry. He's not even angry. He's just like grumpy churchy yeah. Tom, whatever. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a sad shift.
1: Yeah, out of a hundred
0: i don't know 16 12, okay. 16. i don't know what
1: i would give it either maybe 55 i mean i wouldn't watch this episode again no why
0: would you yeah. there's nothing to rewatch. okay best scene uh best scene was when i got to see rollo Yep,
1: yeah, that was exciting for yeah you. the best scene for me was at the dinner table when brianna says she made matches and roger says that comment about the reverend being proud and claire laughs at them no, that's good that was fun. that was my favorite scene yeah. worst scene
0: uh the uh nipple nipple birth for oh, sure yeah. yeah yeah the the suckling suckling the baby out
1: i agree same mvp
0: uh Rolo. no can't be rollo um mvp oof it's a toughie um maybe the guy that plays the british officer i kind of liked his scene where he doesn't like cats Oh, you know, no, it's Malva. I like Malva. Yeah, she's creepy and weird, but she's the only interesting thing on this show. So, yeah, I'm gonna give it to Malva.
1: Okay, I'm gonna give it to Katrina Balfe because I just love how she laughs and mocks Tom Christie all the time.
0: Yeah, we. It's so you know if if like a like a sports analogy would be like there were you know a great basketball player named Shaquille O'Neal. Who oh, he played in the nineties and you know the two thousands. Anyway, whatever. He was so good that he only won the most valuable player in the league award award a couple times because he was he was so good that people almost kind of like forgot about him. And that's the thing with Katrina Ball. It's like she's so much better than everyone else on this show. Yeah, you almost just take her for granted. I know. You know that yeah. that, that she's you know she, it's it's not even it's not even fair to pick her because <laughs> it's just so obvious.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm picking her. She's okay, my good, MVP. Good. And that's a wrap.
0: That's this episode of Loinlander. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at loinlander at gmail.com, Loinlander Podcast Group, or on Twitter at Loinlander. Um, have a great week. Have a great week.